0: Welcome to the Spar and Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Hrynkew and I'll be your host for the evening. As always, my lovely co-host Megan sitting to my left. How's it going, Megan? It is going great. Thank you, Dave. Uh, great to hear. And as always, it seems like usually right now, Johnny P in the house.
3: Yep, back again, guys.
0: All right, great to have you back, man. Love having you on the show. Uh, it's a nice dynamic, nice little three-way we got going here. <laughs> Sound a little dirty? Don't take that the wrong way, listeners. Okay? Sound a little bad. But, uh, we'll
3: keep it
0: clean. Yeah, we will keep it clean today. Uh, a lot to get to today in sports. We only have an hour, so we might as well get going. The Spartans faced the Northern Colorado Bears this Saturday at Spartan Field. They won 45-7, really taking it to the Bears this week. Kirk Cousins looked fantastic. 16 for 20, 290 yards, two touchdowns. Our rushing attack yet again eclipsed 200 yards in this game, 201 yards. That is four straight games that our rushing attack has gotten over 200 yards. Le'Veon Bell, this kid's a stud. He looked fantastic out there, 92 yards, three touchdowns. Edwin Baker again pulling his weight with 59 yards, one TD. And we got to see a little bit of Larry Caper. He was out with a hairline fracture pretty much for the first few games of the season. But they are starting to use him more, and you can never not have enough running
3: backs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you never know when somebody's going to get banged up or something like that. And, you know, having a different look is a great thing to have, too.
0: No, it's absolutely fantastic. And, uh, you know, yeah, like I said, the Spartans look great. They forced Northern Colorado four interceptions. They look great out there. The secondary finally came to life. Absolutely. Greg Jones, first two interceptions of his career. I know. I was surprised by that. Yeah,
2: Yeah, he was also the Big Ten co-defensive player of the the week.
3: He was. (laughs) Well, he deserved it. He was all over the field. Yeah. He was. They said
2: he had two interceptions and a forced fumble.
0: Yeah,
3: this
2: kid's fantastic.
0: He is is phenomenal. And, you know, the Spartans look great as they should have, okay? They were playing a 1-double-A team. I mean, I love the win. I like to see it. It looked like they really fleshed out some of their issues. But let's keep this in context. They played Northern Colorado.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's good to see them finally get out there and just decimate a team the way that they were supposed to when they're obviously overmatched, you know, overmatching them. Uh, You know, I'm glad to see they finally get out there and have their fun because it's going to get a little bit tougher.
2: There's one thing I want to bring up, which I bring up every week, is penalties because they always kill me every single time. Thank you for bringing this up because, yeah. It was 11 penalties for 121 yards. And. That is a lot, yes. Especially against a team like that, there's no reason they should have had penalties like that.
0: No, that's horrible. And I don't know, maybe they were more undisciplined because this team was up 35 nothing at the half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll be honest, I watched uh, a lot of this game, but once halftime was over I was kind of in and out of consciousness on the couch <laughs> so you know it was, I mean it was a good game but it wasn't that exciting of a game
2: I would like to actually bring up something I know we've talked about passing yards and I know Dave and I talked about it a little bit earlier it's the team that we're playing yeah they weren't that good but I just looked at the statistics between passing yards since we played western until now mm-hmm. we had 106 or 186 yards against western 250 cents against or 256 versus Florida Atlantic, 274 versus Notre Dame, and then this one we had 331 passing yards, which obviously we are starting to kind of pick that up. That's one thing Mm -hmm. preseason we were talking about that they needed to work on, even Mm -hmm. after Western we said they needed to work on, and yeah, it was... It was um, not very good of a team, but, you know, they're at least working on it, and I, I give them some credit for that. Oh,
3: no, absolutely. I mean, you know, the receivers are stepping up. We didn't have anybody, I don't think, with more than four catches, so they're able to spread the ball around, which is great.
0: Yeah, they really did. They got it to everyone out there. I mean, Cunningham had four catches. Martin had four. Linthus, Linthus cum had three. Dell had two. Uh, these guys all around sixty to forty to the mid thirties in their yards, and uh, you know, the, yeah, cousins worked the ball to everyone, yeah. and even when Maxwell came in, you know, he went three for five for forty one yards. Uh, you know, the whole team offensively clicked; they clicked completely this game. Exactly, they looked very good. And you know, what we really have to look forward to next week because I've seen it a lot of times: State three and zero, four and zero over the years, John L days. We used to yeah. go three and zero, four and zero all the time. Exactly, and then you, they would lose three straight. So just the better teams in the Big Ten. Once we get but I
2: want to look at it like this: if we go five and zero, it's the first time we've been that way since nineteen ninety
0: nine. Yes, I mean this is <laughs> this is a gigantic game. That's why you know I, I'm just trying. Let's even let's forget about last week. Exactly. Uh, you know because that's. That was a guaranteed win. We yeah. knew this, and uh, they looked good. They didn't look sloppy, other than penalties like we talked about. They didn't mm-hmm. turn the ball over. Well, they, they fumbled it once.
3: They fumbled it once. I mean, you know, they didn't give up a touchdown or any points when the starters were in there. Yes. Know, it wasn't until the, the backups came in. Defense looked great. Everything looked really good except for, you know, the sloppy penalties. Yeah. But, you know, Wisconsin, hey, they played a Division One double A, and they made us look like we weren't doing anything. I awesome know.
0: Austin, there. PA, Wisconsin face, <laughs> 70-3. to three. I mean, what's this? I don't I don't even know what to think of that score. Is that
3: a football score? I don't know. There was, there was uh, so <laughs> they many high-scoring
0: games. I mean, Michigan put up 65 this weekend. Ohio State put up like 70 themselves. It was a weekend to score, and yeah, uh, we saw it with a bunch of teams.
3: tune up games for the Big Ten this week. Yeah,
0: everyone's getting ready for Big Ten play right now. And, yeah, let's talk about this game coming up next week because this is the big one. I was reading an article out here in the Free Press, and Kirk Cousins says, quote, Now our focus becomes Big Ten play. We want to start the Big Ten season right. Obviously, this is what we've worked for and prepared for. We've got a great challenge coming up right away with Wisconsin visiting our stadium, and it's going to be a dogfight, end quote. Yes, it is going to be a dogfight. Wisconsin is ranked 11th. I know they struggled two weeks ago with Arizona State, barely winning 20-19, to 19, but they are a solid team. You're not 11th. just no, they're great. Yeah. I mean, I think
3: they've been overlooked in the Big Ten to a certain degree yeah. this year. But they're, they're just a power team. They're going to come out and smack you in the mouth. Yeah, you know, big, you know, John Clay, their their top running back. Hey, guess what? He wasn't their top running back this last week. They got a freshman named James White who had eleven carries for 145 yards and oh, four touchdowns. Four
0: touchdowns! <laughs> well, wow, that's someone. Hey, MSU, circle that guy. Watch some film on him because, and that's what this game's going to come down to. It's going to come down to the running game. Yeah. That, and that's it, yeah, because absolutely. if you want to look at the defenses for the Badgers and for the Spartans, the Badgers' run defense is ranked 15th in the nation right now. They're giving up only about 94.5 yards per game rushing. Yep. You Someone look at the Spartans, the yeah, you look at the Spartans. The Spartans, though, they're ranked 10th nationally in run defense. They're only giving up 85 yards. So this is going to be who can stop the run better. Because exactly. that's been our forte, and it's what's been their forte. It's what's been helping both of these teams win these last four games. You know, right now, D'Antonio, he's 12-2. and two. Since 2007, when this team runs for more than 200 yards, and 20 and seven when outgaining the other team on the ground in general, this is important. Le'Veon Bell, Edwin Baker, Larry Caper—they need to get past that line and they need to make some great runs. And Cousins needs to take care of the ball like he did last week. Smart, sound decisions. Not throwing in, not throwing in the triple coverage. You know, I mean, like I'll be honest, we did not deserve to win that game against Notre Dame. No, we won it. And I'll take that win every day of the week. But we didn't deserve to win that game.
3: It was it was just an evenly matched game. It was just went back and forth. Yeah. Any, anybody could have won that game.
0: Anybody could have won it. I Like I said, I don't think the Spartans deserve to win it. I don't think Notre Dame deserved to win it. They're, I mean, it was a sloppy game in my opinion. Notre Dame's not that good. They're just they're not that good of a team. I mean, look, Stanford stomps on them this weekend. What thirty-eight to fourteen? Yeah, Notre so Stanford Dame is a great team, and no Stanford is a really it. good team. But I'm just Notre Dame's so overrated. So you know, it's a nice win in week three for us. Yeah. It was, it's a big emotional boost, and that's what, solid.
3: What does it mean? Where does, where does Notre Dame finish if they're a Big Ten team this year? Seventh, eighth, probably, like that, yeah, you know, lower half of the Big Ten. So is it really that great of a test? No,
0: this no. is the Big Ten. This is the test right here. This is, this is the difference, ladies and gentlemen, to this team being seven and five and eight and four. Or are we going to have an elite program coming? Are we going to be ten and two? Absolutely. Are we going to be maybe nine and three at worst? Can we beat the good teams in this conference? Because if not, we're just going to flounder around in mediocrity with that seven and five. And don't get me wrong, seven and five, eight and four, those are respectable seasons. But are you? You know, people want to talk. Is MSU? Are they part of that class?
1: Yeah. Can are they, they part
0: of Ohio State, picture? Iowa?
3: This is where we'll see. This I mean, is this is going to be a classic pounded out. Big Ten matchup is probably gonna be fairly low scoring. I think. Yep. It's just gonna be two teams, you know, hitting it at the line down in the trenches, getting it done down there. Yeah. So we'll see who comes out on top.
0: I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fantastic game. Last year, we ended up losing at Camp Randall, thirty eight to thirty. The get the score is a little misleading. That game wasn't as close as it really yeah, the we score sounds. Got a few, the, couple, at the end yeah, there. like ten points right there, kind of at the bottom half of the fourth quarter. But if you want to look at it two years ago. Spartans, I remember this game, 25-23, beautiful field goal by Swenson to win the game. Yeah, It was, took, a, that was a close game. game, It's gonna. it came down to the wire, just like this game is going to. And I'm going to go to Megan right now, prediction, this Saturday, 3.30, ABC, Spartans, Badgers, mm-hmm. who's, what, what's going on?
2: Oh, I am excited for this game, as you guys know, I go to... All yeah, you go to every game. So, you have the luxury. I, it's nice. I like yeah. going, and I love football. And, I mean, it's great that it's a home game, and it's great that it's a thir- 330 game. I feel like it could be a whole different whole different ball game if it was a noon game mm-hmm. and, and if it was away, obviously. Oh, yeah. But I, I can see the Spartans, as long as they decide not to play to the level, their level, and go above and beyond, I can see them pulling it out as a first Big Ten win and us going 5-0, and out, and it would be amazing if we could do that. But as long as we keep everything up, especially our rushing yards, which have really been helping us, and our passing, as long as that keeps increasing uh, throughout, you know, for the next game, I can see us coming. I can't, I'm not good at predicting scores. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> so I'm going to say, yeah, they can do it. They just can't, like, it. it their, their heart can't die off is basically what I'm saying. Okay. So Johnny P., I, what do you
0: think? Give me a score. Give me a winner.
3: I'm I'm afraid. I think this is going to be a lesson game for Michigan State. I just don't see them quite being ready to take on the top level teams in college football just mm-hmm. yet. Now this might be something that turns it around, and you know, we, when we play Iowa, Michigan further down the road, we learn from this and we beat those teams. Yes. But I think we're gonna we're gonna get a, a lesson in what you know really top level football is this week. I think uh, or, um, sorry Wisconsin is going to win this game. It's going to be close. Probably a touchdown or so, mm-hmm. and lower scoring. So I'll say something like twenty four seventeen or something like that.
0: Yeah, that's actually right around where I was at. Um, I, I want to pick the Spartans for this game, and you know they have a they have a good chance of winning this game. Don't get me wrong; they're at home. Uh, you know they're they're pumped up. They know how important this game is for the Big Ten in general. And I have to agree. I think Wisconsin they're better than they were in years past. Yeah. They are more solid. I think a little more disciplined. and older team. And I think that's going to show. I, I agree. It's going to be a low score. 21-17 is actually what I was going to I think it's going to be right there. And, you know, it could come down to maybe a Conroy field goal. Oh, you know, absolutely. and, and I, I think it will be a very close game. I really hope the Spartans can pull this one off. I'm going to be rooting for them really hard. But I do think, like you said, a wake-up call for the Spartans to see, you know, how can we get better when playing the better teams? Exactly, and that's what they're going to learn this week. We're,
3: we're going to learn some things about Cousins this week. We're going to learn some things about you know how stout our running game really is, and definitely how stout our defense is. Yeah, as far as somebody, how stout is our secondary. You know? I mean,
0: yeah, we look great against the Northern Colorado yeah. Bears. Right, four picks. You're not picking off Wisconsin. Wisconsin,
3: you no. Know, they're they're one of those teams that just takes care of the ball. They're not gonna be throwing it all all day. Their leading receiver right now is their tight end. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're they're not they're gonna be airing it out on us. No, they're gonna be doing you know play action. They're going to be coming at us with John Clay, and James White. Yep.
2: You guys know I'm the optimist.
0: I
3: know.
2: I'm always I'm always the one that's well, we like, oh it. yeah, I they're mean, gonna pull through. Oh, we all wanna see, you know, a big victory. A five
0: and 0 going huge. into Michigan would be Amazing. you know Michigan's gonna be five and and0 Michigan yeah, will be play five. Indiana, 0. I believe. That's yeah. that's a win. Denard's supposed to start. Rich Rodgers announced that today.
2: To add on to the U of M MSU game we got coming on, they just announced what time the game's gonna start. Three thirty. Yes. And I am excited about that because it helps so much. Like that's... those noon games, especially when you're the, the way team, those kill you.
0: No, they're terrible.
2: They're they're just horrible because it's like it's like oh, wake up! All right, time to play some football. Yeah, <laughs> like, I
0: don't even feel like tailgating. I don't feel like doing anything. I know. I just like- lay around. They, I mean. It's a Saturday morning. I'm laying around on the couch, like I said, in and out of consciousness during that game exactly. this weekend. I'll
2: be in Ann Arbor for that game, but I will not be at it. Oh, I, yeah. So I can't. I can't exactly help you guys out with that one. Oh, uh, that's mean, all right. I will be there. I will be watching it on TV, and I will probably be the only one of the only Michigan State fans within my realm of friends because they all live in Ann Arbor. Yeah, that's so. fine. I've been in the. I've been in the same
0: situation. <laughs> yeah. I've sat there. And, I mean, tough losses that Michigan State has had. You know, back this was back in oh four oh five oh six, but. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I sat in the student section my freshman year.
0: That's that's th- nice. the Michigan
2: student section. Wow! And they had those yellow pom poms, and they were hitting me. <laughs> they were hitting me the whole time. Know. I was like decked out in state stuff. It was great. It was so fun, especially since we won. <laughs> yes. I mean we've
0: won two years straight. Let's make it three. Yeah, for all right. Real. You know, but we can't look too far ahead. You know, you see what happens this next week with Wisconsin. This is, this
3: is the biggest. Test this is
0: this is a my this is a this is a bigger test for Michigan State. Michigan's a more exciting. It's a, it's just such a rivalry game. You know, you want that. You want to win that one, no matter what. But this is the big game. This is mm-hmm. the game where I mean, can state jump into that upper echelon of big teams in the Big Ten. Yep. That's what I'm trying to see here. Yep. Or are they going to just still, like I said, flounder around in that mediocre, uh, you know, almost but not enough, you know, kind of team? But you know, God, geez, it's already seven <laughs> sixteen. What's going on? All right, let's move on.
2: Well, I want to throw something in again real quick. We'll throw it in. Okay, you guys know about D'Antonio and everything. And he's been discharged from the hospital. Yep. And um, I was told that he did not attend the football game on Saturday, and instead he went to his daughter's homecoming.
0: Yes, I heard that too. And
2: they were talking, I, I think I was reading the same article as you, and they were talking, it was um cousins was talking about he's a father he's a husband those things are far more important than a football game and good for him of Like to be to be a college football coach and your daughter is the it was she was the homecoming queen that's i think the main reason why he went and to do something like that i just give him a lot of props for that
0: oh definitely i mean that, that's that's very sweet and uh you know he, he didn't need to be there For this game. He still needs to take care of his health. And yet, family is... It goes way beyond sports, okay? Sports are fun. Sports are exciting. Family's everlasting. He's taking care of his business. He's getting healthy. And, you know, he'll probably be back this weekend. Maybe not for sure. But he might at least have part, like we were talking before. Discussing stuff with Treadwell on how they're going to approach this game. He's
3: definitely going to be in there in the game plan. He's definitely going to be watching film. He's definitely going to be talking to the assistant coaches. No question about that.
0: Yes. And, you know, bottom line, just get healthy, coach. It's week five. That's Mm -hmm. the most important thing. Week five. We want
3: you around here for a while. Exactly. You know, we want you
0: here. You're the best coach we've had since probably Nick Saban, okay? And that's not saying a lot because I can't stand Nick Saban. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but let's move on to the NFL right now. The Detroit Lions, our beloved Detroit Lions... (sighs) Uh, lost this weekend 24-10 to against the Minnesota Vikings.
2: Johnny, you yes. know what we predicted last yeah, week. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I can they see he's smirking it, uh, in the corner over Dave's here. we got Dave <laughs> smirking. <laughs> I'm not loving the
0: loss, but I'm loving the prediction. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. You, you had it absolutely right on, didn't you? Two touchdowns.
0: Two touchdowns, and lines look like crap. I'll yeah. be honest. They look terrible. The Vikings look terrible as well, they and did. I think that's what's more disappointing. I would have actually rather have seen more of a blowout yeah. than just so many chances that were blown, so many opportunities. You a pick Farvoff off two of times,
3: di- games. you know, a, a lot f- of sloppy plays.
0: I mean, you had two interceptions negated yeah. because of penalties.
3: Yep. Yeah, yeah. The, the one that I want to bring up is with the uh, contact of the helmet. Yeah, well, now,
0: that guy. was in Sue, right?
3: I think it might have been Sewer. It was either Sewer Williams. It was Sewer Williams. yes. Williams had a great game by the way. Oh he yeah, that fantastic.
0: Excellent interception. That got us actually our first TD but, almost. Uh,
3: but yeah, the 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 call was that some, that one of the defensive linemen basically tapped uh, Favre right on top of the head. And yep. That negated a fumble and 15 yard roughing the passer penalty gave him the ball back. Yeah. I just I just don't see that. I mean. If it's wrong to hit the quarterback in the head, why can not a running back stiff arm a defender right in the face? You know, mm-hmm. if you're trying to protect him from concussions, then you know, make it for everybody or make it for nobody. I'm sick of this prima donna quarterback, you know, coddling that's going on in the NFL a lot of the times these days.
0: I know I can't stand it. I'll be, I mean, Johnny, thank you for bringing this up because it's something that you see it more and more every week in the NFL. Now I think season to season, they try to make these quarterbacks like the porcelain dolls out there. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. we can't, now you can't, now because of the Tom Brady injury a couple years ago, we can't go after the legs. And I understand that, you know, these guys, are not as wearing many pads, they're fragile. But you're, you're, you're making that tackle zone so tiny that when you have these linebackers and these defensive ends running in, they're running full speed, and they're trying to bat the ball, and you tap a helmet. He's wearing a helmet, okay? Yeah. He still has a helmet on.
3: Exactly. Okay,
0: and you tap a helmet, oh, 15 yards. Get out of here, okay? Get I, you know I, I read a funny thing. Roger Staubach was talking uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's saying, you know what? I wish I was a quarterback nowadays because I would just get it would, I'd be made in the shade. It'd be beautiful. These guys are untouchable.
3: Yeah, And it, it's
0: annoying. No.
3: Nah. Now I mean, that didn't that real.
0: didn't change the game. Not okay, at all.
3: it might it might have made a little bit of a difference. It could have. The way we were playing. It's not really gonna make. I any mean, difference. going
2: off the penalties and everything, the thing that probably bothered me the most was the ridiculous amount of fighting in the second half yeah. that we had going on. I mean, I think it was twice in a row we had offsetting penalties yes, because right. of fighting. And Chris
0: Houston was getting into it with Jared. Jared Allen was getting it's into it with Sean Hill. dumb. It, it, completely losing your composure, guys. Yeah. I get it. You're frustrated, but. Keep it together.
3: It I was listening to the balls in
2: play. Yeah, yeah I was listening the to the announcers, then. and they're like, "This is just getting silly now. Like, that's it. Just it was kind of annoying because it was yeah. just post- and they were on right. the Game and everything and.
0: They were right, Ugh. because what you know, annoys me about that, you know, you get the offsetting penalties. Like the announcer said, you have to punish one of these teams. Yeah. Punish one of them. Punish the Lions, punish the Vikings. Yeah. Because they're going to keep getting at each other like exactly.
2: this. They said the you need to get started, control of the game. You know,
3: hit those guys for 15 yards or something like that.
0: Yes. Now, looking at the stat lines real fast, so all of our listeners kind of have an idea if they didn't see the game. Uh, the Lions, not too good. Yeah, all right? Good. Uh, Sean Hill was 29 for 43, 237 yards, a TD, two picks. And let's remind everyone: those two picks came within the 10-yard line yeah. in the Vikings' territory. One for four in the red zone. Both zones. in the end zone, which is just terrible. I mean, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. I don't know how else to say it. It's just, it's very. This is
3: something we've been harping on for the past few weeks: is red zone interceptions, you know, for the and, and the Lions, you know. And it's, it's just, it's just something you can't do. One for four in the red zone. Not gonna cut it.
0: No, it's not gonna cut it at all. You're three for 12 on, you know, your third down efficiency absolutely awful 63 rushing yards now i get it javid best went out at the end of the second quarter he hit, he played one possession yeah you know one play i should say in the third quarter to the start but uh he's out now with a left big toe sprain <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's, that's really not, that's silly. not, it sounds silly, but it's serious. It really uh, a is. big toe for a running back, a guy like that, is huge. You
3: got to stop and start on a dime, make cuts to the left and the right. You know, that's definitely something that can slow you down.
2: They were saying they're still thinking about playing him next Sunday.
0: Yeah, they're not sure yet. And, mm-hmm. you know, Schwartz isn't going to it's Monday. You know, he's got a whole week to, you know, kind of gauge how bad this is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, still, if you want to look, I mean, it's just the unfortunate thing is a team that doesn't already have it put together and you have so many guys go down to injury. Yeah, Stafford's yeah. out after week one. Burleson's out after week two. After one play, job at best might now, not, now be out. It's just for a team that's struggling with their secondary and just with, I mean, their defensive line is stout. Their defensive line is the, the one shining really star yeah. of really, this team really right good. now. And Damakasu, Bosch, Corey Williams—these guys—they got a line put together. Right? They
3: absolutely do. I mean, uh, that was the only reason that Adrian Peterson didn't run for like 250 yards. <laughs> I on know. Well, he yeah. was really the difference in the game. If you look at Favre stats, he had a 68.4, uh, you know, passer rating, and Sean Hill was 69.6. He actually had a slightly better one. They both yeah. had two touch or one touchdown, two interceptions. They kind of negated each other, yeah. but Peterson was just able to run over our defense all day long. Made us look silly. Why they call him all day,
0: yeah, all day. That eighty-yard TD run really broke that game open, yeah. longest of his career. Uh, that I'm touched, I think. Just, uh, I mean, he, he bounced off like one guy, yeah. and then just he was gone. No one's gonna catch him <laughs> in a foot race, and it's just it was it was unfortunate. The problem with this team is, and I, we've said it before, they can't win. They can't play a full game is the best way to put it. You see them put together a half. Couple quarters, maybe three quarters. They yeah. can't play four quarter football, no, and that's right. what you need to do.
3: Absolutely right. You got to take it wire to wire. Yeah, you, you can't be in the position to win the game in the fourth quarter and be able to do
0: it. Exactly. And I will even get on Jim Schwartz. I know we saw this when we were watching the game. You had thirteen seconds left at the end of the second in the second quarter. They could have taken at least two or three tries at the end zone and still kicked the field goal. Mm-hmm. They ran the clock down to three seconds to just kick the field goal. When you haven't won a road game in 21 attempts, you don't play that conservative. Okay, it's
3: absolutely right. It's a culture of losing that you have, and it's something you got to break by being a little bit more aggressive. You know, going for it in that sort of situation, going for it on fourth downs, doing that sort of stuff that you know the winning teams do all the time. Yes, and don't get called out on it because they're used to doing it and used to converting. And even when it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But it makes your players more confident that the coaches think that they can do it. Yeah.
0: I mean, maybe Schwartz need a page out of D'Antonio's book, you know. <laughs> Grow some cojones because this game was 14-7 to at one point. When we had the ball there, we could have yeah. tied this game up going into the half. And even if you didn't, you still had the three. It was a 33 yard field goal.
3: Yeah. Okay? Yeah,
0: exactly. uh, you know, you were close. You were right there. You got Calvin Johnson. Put it up for him. You know exactly, have a little fade route. You know, just put it back
3: there. It doesn't matter. You don't have timeouts. You know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to throw it into the end zone or out of bounds. Exactly. It's the only place it's going.
2: They were talking about also on offense um, how we need more bigger plays. That was one thing I, I yes. read about. We need bigger plays. They only had two passes over 20 yards.
0: I noticed that. They just nothing going deep.
2: What, like, our passing game has to to be there along with everything else we have and another thing is i was reading um jamie Samu- samuelson who's a sports director for 94.7's morning show mm-hmm. he said that the defense was responsible for all 10 points that the lions scored but the rest of the team is still the same old lions we've watched for the past decade and
0: he's exactly right <laughs> yeah, right
2: and now and that was i think the best quote i have read about the lions
3: it's very sure ever I mean, <laughs> the touchdown came off that Corey Williams interception they had great field position yeah, they're on like there. the five yeah yeah something like that Maybe the 10. Yeah, they were close, and if you don't punch
0: it in there. And, you know, it's nice to see them get 7 instead of 3 in that position because, you know, they've struggled even with doing that in the past. That's true. You know, at this point, I just, with the, I I, I got a question for you guys.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Sean Hill, you know, not that great of a game at all. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. When do you finally give Drew Stanton a chance to start? I know he's our third string but he hasn't really had much of it, you know, he hasn't had a chance to really do anything. No. At you're... what point do you, you know, we don't know how long Stafford's going to be out.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. At what
0: point it's do you say, still... Stan, let's give you a ch-. I say at least two, three weeks still. Yeah, it's yeah. still
3: going to be a couple of weeks. It's
0: still going to be at least two weeks. When do you put Drew Stanton in and just, you, you drafted this guy years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I talked to my dad today. He didn't even know he was on the team because he's such a ghost on <laughs> exactly. the Lions. No one even realizes we have him practically. It,
3: the thing is, I mean, he's your second quarterback right now because Stafford's out. Yeah. So, you can bring him in without you know Taking Hill out, Hill can come back in. You yeah. can do all like a wildcat sort just of thing. Just try it, yeah. You know, just give him a few plays here and there. Maybe he can create things with his feet. You know, he can do that. And that's mm-hmm. and know, that's can... a
0: great point because we know Sean Hill can't do that. And okay. that's the thing
3: that they that the offense needs right now. It needs something just a little different that teams aren't expecting. That's going to make them have to plan differently and scheme differently. Yeah. Because this, you know, just straight up offense that they're running right now is not getting it done with the you know the players that we have right now. No, it's
0: not getting Without it done at injuries. all. You, and for everyone who's so excited for next week's game, I know we all are They're playing the Green Bay Packers <laughs> on the road
3: Lambo it's been a while since we won I don't believe we
0: won in Lambo since ninety one and uh, it's not changing. The uh, Lions will be know. 0-4 it's not after enough. this weekend. And I, I, will, I bet my mortgage on it that I don't have. <laughs> if I had one, I'd bet it. Because they are not. Green Bay has one of the best passing offenses in the league. Yeah. And you want to match that up against one of the weakest secondaries, in my opinion, in the league. It's gonna be it's gonna be brutal.
3: It really is. I, I got. I might not even watch that game. Yeah. I gotta agree with you 100. Yeah. percent I got. I got to work during that time, and I'm kind of almost happy that I do.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're talking Green Bay Super Bowl contender possibly this year, and if we can't beat a Minnesota team that has uh, over 100 yards and penalties, three turnovers, get out of here. Yeah. Just get out of <laughs> here. You're not. I mean, you know, you can't beat a crappy Minnesota team when you had a chance. You're not beating Green Bay. And who knows, man? St. Louis just beat the Redskins this last week. We played with the Rams in Week 5. Maybe that's another loss. I mean, cool. whenever our guys going to get healthy? If Javid Best is out, Schwartz was saying, this team becomes one-dimensional. Oh, yeah, they I become really incredibly are. one-dimensional. And why do you think he had – you saw those two picks in the end zone? Because yeah. they didn't know what to do. Yeah. And no, Minnesota it's, it's knew exactly true. where they were going.
3: That's very true. I mean – we uh, we really have one running back and one receiver right now. Our tight ends are decent, but we're not getting any production from the other guys. No. I mean, Brian Johnson is supposed to be our third receiver. He's supposed to be able to step up uh, you know, to be the second guy if we need him to, yeah. if we do need. He was targeted four times, no catches. Nothing. Absolutely nothing from him.
0: Just absolutely nothing. And, you know, Pettigrew, he did an all right job. You know, six catches, 44 yards. Calvin Johnson six catches, 56 yards, and Scheffler seems the guy we're going to more often nowadays. Seven receptions for 60 yards.
2: I yeah, saw a couple Sean. good catches during that game, though. I did. I did catch a. I did catch a couple. No, there of those. definitely
0: were some good grabs. Yeah,
2: but... some ones that he Shana Hill wasn't sure where he was gonna go. Yeah, threw it up there. And one of our receivers grabbed it. Fell. Yeah, yeah.
3: Derrick Williams had you know? a really nice catch. Uh, you know, Calvin Johnson had a couple of pretty good ones. But, mm-hmm. but the problem is that they're all short passes. We're not. Yeah. We don't have any way of yeah. really Big being plays. able to take a strike downfield.
0: No, yeah. not at all. And you know you need to. They, you know, we when we watched the game, you saw, you take your chance every time Calvin Johnson's in single coverage. I don't yeah, care what pl- if he's in single coverage, you go, you find him you give him a chance He'll because <laughs> he, you put that ball up and I'll give him a good chance of grabbing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what we need because these little dinky – I mean, the Lions put together some good drives, you know, seven-minute drives, nine mm-hmm. plays, ten plays. But when you're not coming away with anything, yeah. who cares? Yeah, all right, Great clock possession, and... great time possession, but what's that mean when you score ten points still? You don't put up any points in the entire second half. Unacceptable. Uh, You know the Lions of old. You know, like we've said, the defensive line better. They're getting better that way. Sorry, fans. Trust me, it's gonna be a high Mm -hmm. draft pick again for the Lions this year. Yeah, it really. Let's shore up the offensive line.
3: This this was a you know, regression game for us. We definitely took a step back after, you know, some promising signs in the past couple of <laughs> weeks. Because it's not like the, the Vikings are world beaters. Right no, now.
0: not at all. The Vikings are incredibly fallible at this point. I mean, they're lucky to actually even have won that game with the Lions. If the Lions could have, you know, put a little something together, they could have stolen that game. Yep. But, you know, nonetheless, Lions next week, Green Bay at Lambeau. Get your crying caps on, and uh, we're actually going to take a quick break right now, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Lions. We're going to talk about our man, William Ford. Not my man. Don't like this guy. We'll talk about him when we get back. This is uh, Spartan Sports Wrap.
3: You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact.
1: Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Prime Time. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, The Impact's progressive torch and twang, and twang. brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music.
2: Only on
1: Impact Primetime. Prime Time. You're listening to Exposure
3: on 88.9 The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432 432- 432 Three eighty nine three, and now back to exposure. That's
2: okay. We're gonna talk more.
0: Welcome back to the Spa and Sports Wrap here on eighty eight point nine WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Harinku, and uh, like I said, we're gonna get back to talking a little bit here about the Lions and their ownership, because I've always believed, and I know all of our fathers, my dad, and forever, the Lions won't win until Ford sells this team, and I just wanted to give people a little information about William Clay Ford. William Clay Ford bought this team in 1964. He bought it for four and a half million dollars. Right now, the Lions are worth 817 million dollars. So, if you want to talk about a return on an investment, the Lion William Ford has got an 18,055.6 percent return on his initial investment. Not bad. Which is pretty darn good. Yeah,
3: not bad, and even you know those are nineteen sixty four dollars. If you convert it to today's, yeah, it's still only thirty one million. <laughs> so he's still making more than like twenty four times what he. Yeah, gets.
0: he's killing it. I mean, this and now for everyone who thinks eight hundred seventeen million, that's a ton of money. It is, but the Lions only rank twenty seventh in the NFL for for a team's value. Which is, you know quite surprising. I yeah. thought you know 817, that's a big number. Like a ton, right? It sounds like a ton. But if you want to look, number one team, Dallas Cowboys, 1.8 billion dollars. Wow. Harry Jones B- and his guys. monstrosity out there.
2: That's quite a gap.
0: It, it is. But if you want to look at it, the lowest team with team values, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. 727 million dollars team worth no one cares about the jags no exactly. one goes to these games no one, that you can you go, you can go see the tampa bay bucks if you want yeah. you know you can go watch the miami dolphins jacksonville's never gotten any love uh, right. i know I was talking about it with a friend of mine last night it's a big college football area people pick the gators people pick the seminoles yeah. over having any care about these jags Definitely. but you know, to stay on topic, still,
3: they're still worth a lot. I mean, if you look at the top NBA team, the Lakers are only worth six hundred and seven million.
0: I know. Maple Leafs four hundred and seventy for the most e- team for the most expensive NHL team.
3: I'm surprised that's not the Wings.
0: I am too. I mean, the Wings—they're very close. Uh, let's see. The Wings right here. The Red Wings are worth three hundred and thirty-seven million. They're fourth in the NHL, so they're right up there. The Pistons are actually fourth overall as well in the NBA at four hundred and seventy-nine million. And the Tigers come in at 22nd overall in the MLB, worth 375 million dollars. So the Lions are worth more than the Red Wings and the Tigers combined. It's crazy. It's absolutely
2: amazing. It's it's just crazy for a team that hasn't done so well. Hasn't produced anything. But yeah, and then we have the Red Wings who have been have won all those Stanley Cups and everything, and the Tigers who've actually started to show show that they're actually good. And then you have the Lions who haven't even won yet this season.
0: (laughs) No, and I mean, I think even beyond the last, even beyond the last ten years, okay, for the last forty-six years since Ford has owned this team, we've won one playoff game. Woo! Yeah, that's quite uncommon. That says a lot, okay. That's not just a decade of you know just not getting it done. That's a long time, okay. That is a long time. That's almost double how old I am, and that's saying a lot. I mean, come (laughs) on. Now the Lions—they have lost money now three out of the last four years. The Lions were only two, only of two teams to lose money last year. Uh, the Lions lost $2.9 million, and the Dolphins uh, came in at first. They're losing $7.7 million. But I guess my point, uh, just talking about this in general, is when do you just sell this team forward? When do you finally say, I haven't gotten, I haven't gotten it done as an owner? It's not working. I've made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. let 's focus on the car industry mm-hmm. and let 's sell this team to somebody who cares exactly uh, the, the like the I mean the
2: problem
3: is it makes bad business sense i mean we 're talking about this return on investment I it know gotten, I it know just I, ballooned. I get it and the n f l has so much in place to protect franchises with all the revenue sharing mm-hmm. you know you 're going to get money from the networks you 're going to get money. Uh, You know, from the NFL network, from Fox, from uh, CBS, everybody who carries your games, Mm -hmm. they're on everywhere. The NFL is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's just bringing in money no matter what you're doing on the field.
0: The NFL is the billion dollar sport. That's why it's the most profitable out of all major league sports. It's, I mean,
3: and you have, you have so much of a cushion with $817 million, you can afford to lose money a couple of years because you know it's going to bounce back. The team's going to get better. They only need to be mediocre to make money.
0: They do only need to be mediocre. Now, last year, after following an 0 16 season, the Lions had half of its eight home games blacked out. Uh, they just couldn't sell tickets, and yeah. the team cut ticket prices on 19,000 seats for this season. And good for them. They better be cutting them until the Lions make the playoffs, because nobody should be paying too much money to go see a poor product. Uh, you know, we're really we're huge uh, football fans in this state. We follow this team. We're behind this team, regardless of it seems like how they perform. Yep. But sooner or later, you know, come on, let's put something on the field. Let's put something together. You built this Ford Field here. $350 million debt because yeah. of Ford Field. So
3: you you better be putting some players out put there. Put something out there. Money back.
0: Now you got rid of Millen. You got a whole new. You got Marty Mayhew, Tom Lee went up there in the front office now. Mm-hmm. Jim Schwartz, a new coach. You got two new coordinators. Gunther Cunningham on defense. We got Scott Linehan on offense. You know, we put new pieces together. Drafting well. Did it, did drafting very well the last two years. I just I finally want to see this team get better and I just have a feeling just with the ownership it just it, we will get to mediocre. Yeah. But will we get to the you know echelon of just the elite of just you know the, always contending in the NFC the North? The
3: real question I think is going to come, you know, if, if things start to work out well and we get better and Stafford develops and yes. Calvin Johnson develops and Javon Best develops and all these guys on, and Dom su once their contracts are coming up, once it's time to sign them to extensions and they're going to be Asking for a hefty price, yeah. is Ford going to be willing to shell out the bucks then to keep that nucleus together and keep that team improving? And
0: that's a great, and that's a great point. Dude. And I hope so.
2: We have talked so many times about how owners make a team. Like Illich, we've talked about how great he's been, you know, Fantastic. for the Tigers and for the for the Wings, and maybe even soon enough for the Pistons. Maybe. We'll see. And we've talked about how they they like pick who runs the team. They pick who does everything, and if you can't. You know, get, like, you can't produce a winning team that many years. There, w- there's a problem.
0: It, they just constantly can't. And no. you know, I you know, there 817 you know, million, that's a ton of money. The truth of the matter is, that team should be worth more. Oh, they, yeah. And and I mean, you look at the Pistons, fourth overall in the league. Yeah. Red Wings fourth overall over on the league. Why they're good.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: they've been good. They've been good, yeah. and and that's a constant. Okay, yeah, sure. The Red, the Pistons have fallen off. Don't get me wrong. The last two years, but that's just you know that's a rebuilding thing. Yeah, they're still uh, one of the most top five profitable franchises in the NBA. It's just you know eight hundred seventeen million. You hear the numbers like whoa. <laughs> still, you're twenty seventh in the league.
3: They should be more. I mean, the Lions are a storied a
0: st- franchise. They've been around since nineteen thirty four. Yeah. Thirty-four.
3: I mean, they used to be one of the class teams in the league up until pretty much when Ford bought the team.
0: Exactly. I mean, the last championship they won was in nineteen fifty seven. They won about three or four in the fifties. And then Ford comes in and goodbye, Detroit Lions.
2: Awesome. Just
0: just gone. But you know, we'll move past this. I just yeah, I just I, I finally did some research on this. I had to talk about it because I always wondered how much is this guy worth? How much is this team worth? And you can see <laughs> It's it's a little sad. Yeah. It's a little sad, but still gonna support my Detroit Lions.
2: I still can't get over how it's how they're worth more than both the Red Wings and the Tigers combined. That's,
0: that's just, just cause. Totally that's cause blows. of the NFL. It's it's crazy, but the NFL is such a powerhouse. Yeah, it just blows my
2: mind. Don't they say they say that like I mean this might not have anything to do with it, but like baseball players are paid the most out of any professional sport.
0: Yeah, baseball players usually get some of the biggest contracts oh, okay. in sports. Indeed. That's also because they don't have a salary cap. Yeah, in the major league base. So when you got teams like the Yankees that can go after a Rod and say, "Hey, you know, we're going to pay you two hundred and fifty million dollars for a ten-year contract," and you know they can just spend whatever they want.
3: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: And that's why that I mean, and then especially if you want to look at it, you know, in the NFL, the NFL can just cut a guy. Yeah. They can't do this. Not
3: guaranteed contracts in the NFL. Not guaranteed.
0: You know, so, you have some guaranteed money, but then they can say, "All right, goodbye. We don't like you anymore. <laughs> we don't like yeah. you. Yeah. Right you know, too bad. <laughs> See you later." So. I mean, it's, it's kind of a little mind-boggling, but if you, you, know, you do grasp just how much money the NFL brings in, it does make sense. And just for the city, maybe if we had a better owner, guess what? This team could be worth a lot more money, and it could be beneficial to Detroit, and that's what we need. Detroit needs everything that he could possibly get, any good thing. And yeah. uh, you know, let's, let's just hope that either you know, his son, once you know William Ford Sr. passes away, his son does a better job. Hopefully. Hopefully. But uh, we're going to move on past football because we've been talking about football now for 40 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's been a while. And uh, we are going to get to right now a little bit here about the Major League race going on. It's, uh, it's a crazy race. Uh, what I'm talking about is really the Rookie of the Year race and the MVP race. But actually, we have a call real fast. So we are going to take the call. We have Bernie here on hold. Bernie, you are on the Spartan Sports Rap. How you doing?
1: I'm good, Dave. How are you? Not too bad. What do we think about the big game this week?
0: Big game? Are we talking uh, Spartans?
1: Is there any other big game?
0: Of- <laughs> uh, <laughs> not really. Response, not really. Good great response. great answer, sir. <laughs> um, I, well, I, I mean, I, we were talking about it earlier. I personally believe the Spartans are going to put together a good fight. They're going to lose a close one, though. 21-17, as we were talking earlier. What? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah,
2: see, I'm the optimist on this show. I think they can pull it off.
0: I do believe, listen, I believe they have the potential to pull it off. My, my point is, and Johnny brought it up earlier, that this is probably going to be an awakening for this team. They're going to they're gonna, you know, see what they need to really work on. Wisconsin is a really solid program. They're a really great team this year. And I just think it's going to be a close one, Bernie, but I just don't see them pulling it off. I want them to so bad, but I just don't see it happening. What,
1: what are we hearing about D'Antonio?
0: D'Antonio, uh, well, basically, uh, Megan was talking a little bit earlier on the show that uh, you know he went and visited his daughter's homecoming ceremony. Yeah. Uh, he's out on his feet. He's doing well. They haven't actually released any statement as to whether he will be back for Saturday's game on the sidelines. But we do believe he will be in contact, obviously, with Don Treadwell and working up schemes for the game.
1: Don't you think the kids are gonna to want to win for
0: him? Well, of course they are. And you know, and that kind of emotion can really drive a team to a victory that they might not have had in you know before, but I think that only takes you so far. And even sometimes that emotion can do the opposite to you. Yeah. You wanna win so bad, you're so nervous, or you're so just amped for the game that you make those you know, you make those mental mistakes, whether it's penalties yeah. or turnovers. Yeah, it
3: could have been what happened this past week for penalties. Very possibly, these guys are going to be hyped up, but they're going up against some big boys in the Big Ten right now.
0: Now, Bernie, what do you think? What do you think's is going to happen in this game?
1: I I like Michigan State.
0: Now, what like you want a close game? It's are we going to kick their butts?
1: I think it'll be close, and I think uh, Michigan State will win. I think emotion always plays a big role in any mm-hmm. in any uh, game, and I think uh, except that the Lions are playing. Yes, and, of course. <laughs> and I think uh, they're going to come through.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I really hope so, Bernie. Like I said, I can see this game going either way, but I'm going to have to go with my gut and go against the Spartans. I hate to do it, but 21-17, the final. I hope not. I mean, this team, if they can make it to 5 and all, like Megan said, what, first time since 91?
1: 99.
0: 99. Okay, so, you know, it's been a while.
1: And, and I, don't you think, like, what did you say, 21-17, and I see a late Kirk Cousins touchdown that gives him a 24-21 win. All right. So,
0: I like it. I like
1: Where his picture. you you're pretty good. Where are you from?
0: Uh, me. I'm from uh Sterling Heights, Detroit area.
1: Is that right? Yeah, you're pretty good.
0: Well, thank you very much, sir.
1: We have a guy down here that uh, that uh, we listen to, and he's he's pretty good too. But you're pretty good.
0: All right, thanks, man. Are you from Are you from East Lansing? You from the area?
1: No, I'm from Detroit.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm yeah. from uh, yeah, I'm from Sterling is, Heights. So
1: my name is Bernie Smilovitz.
0: Bernie Smilovitz, really. Bernie, are you serious? Is this really Bernie Smilovitz? It is. Well, you know, I'm impressed, Bernie. Great for calling. I mean, I used to watch you all the time back home. You did? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Detroit, so I used to watch you all the time. Well, hey, Bernie, I really appreciate your call. Going to have to let you go because we only got 15 minutes left, but I really appreciate the call.
1: Dave, enjoyed it very much. You were terrific. Keep it going.
0: Thanks a lot, Bernie. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, Bernie calling from Detroit.
1: There you
3: go, man. I like,
2: I like him. Oh. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> I mean, you guys are both, eh, it's going to be a wake up call. And then he's, he's about here oh, backing me up. Oh no. Not intentionally, but because he feels the same way as I do.
0: No, you know, Bernie, I mean, I appreciate <laughs> the call. And like I said, I see this game, I can see it going either way. So, you know, we'll see what happens here. But let's move on. Uh, I would do it, like I said, I want to talk about this rookie race coming here in the uh, AL. Neftali Feliz, Austin Jackson, Johnny, right now. Who deserves it?
3: I, it's got to be Jackson. Jackson's an everyday player, getting out there. Vitaly Feliz is a closer, and I think you know in any one season, closer stats can just be overblown. Yes. You know he's only he's only had 67 appearances. You know, so it's not like he's out there every day doing it. His uh, he has uh, three blown saves and 38 saves, mm-hmm. which is really good. Yeah, 38 saves is
0: fantastic. I mean, it's it's really good for a rookie. I yeah. mean, he has a 2.85 ERA going right now. Uh, his whip, in my opinion, is what's most impressive. He's at point nine zero. Yeah, that's very good. Which is, you know, fantastic. I will agree with you, though. I do believe Austin Jackson deserves to win this for being an everyday player. Mm-hmm. And you said it yourself already. Somebody who's playing every day. Who's a rookie? Who you know? He took over Curtis Granderson's role. Okay, this is not an easy role to fill. No. no, he had a lot of pressure on his shoulders coming into this season, and he has had his average almost above 300 most of the entire season. Yeah,
3: he's at 298, he's at
0: 298 right now, which is absolutely fantastic. Yes. He has 177 hits, which ranks seventh in the American League. And 11th in all of baseball.
3: Exactly. Wow. Pretty okay.
0: Amazing. No other rookie is even close. No. Nobody's even close. Jason Hayward right now, he leads the NL rookies with the two eighty six average. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Jackson, 7th in the yeah. AL, 11th again in the MLB with runs scored, 101 runs yeah. scored. It's just... He's been too consistent for me to give it to a closer, like you said. Absolutely.
3: I mean, 33 uh, doubles, 10 triples, 26 stolen bases. He's doing everything that you want your leadoff guy to do, and his defense has been absolutely sparkling out there. I've seen Solid. him make catches that I don't think I've seen anybody ever make before. Well,
0: exactly. I mean, let's we can all remember the you know Galarraga catch, which you know at that point saved a perfect yeah. game, which ended up not being a perfect game. But right. you know, I mean, that was a beautiful Willie, you know Willie Mays it's, basket grab over the shoulder
3: he's been able to do that time and time again going up on the wall climbing throwing guys out at the plate a couple of times i mean just every every aspect of what you want from a center fielder he's been able to bring he has
0: and like you said with the stealing you know he's only been caught five times this year 83 percent success rate yeah he's doing fantastic fantastic. and i just i just i have to give it to austin jackson felice you had a great you had he's had a great year But for an everyday guy, his numbers blow everyone else out of the water. Absolutely. And I think that's why you have to give it to this guy. And you know what? I have a feeling, though, it's going to go to Feliz. It's always this ridiculous idea of the team that's in contention for the playoffs or the (sighs) team that's going to make the playoffs gets the award.
2: That's annoying. And
0: that always bothers me because – it's about production. It's yeah. not about how good the team is, but no. how good the player is. I mean,
3: how much, any one baseball player just can't give a team that many wins. That's not the way baseball works.
0: Mm-mm. No, it's not. It's Exactly. It's not, you know, this isn't the NBA yeah. where one guy can take over. Exactly. This is a complete team game, yeah. and Austin Jackson is doing it day in, day out. And, you know, he might end the season here above 300. Yeah. He's very close. He might not, but even if he doesn't, he deserves this award. Yes. Now, moving on real fast, we only have 10 minutes left. Let's get to the AL MVP that is coming up. And uh, basically, Miguel Cabrera, Josh Hamilton, the only guys in contention. We, yeah. I mean, you can mention other people, yeah, but. Edelman, Young, yeah, Alan
3: Young Robinson had great yeah. seasons, but it's these two. Yeah, it's Hamilton, these two,
0: hands down. We're blowing smoke, okay, if we're, you know, saying anybody else. So let's talk about it, Megan. Who deserves it? Miguel Cabrera, Josh Hamilton.
2: I have to go with Cabrera. Um, As we were saying earlier, a team um, that hasn't been doing so well lately, Cabrera has kept his head up and kept trying Mm -hmm. and you know we talked about he's been intentionally walked multiple 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 times because I mean I went to the game Saturday and they pitched to him and I'm pretty sure he had a two run home run Mm -hmm. like that's what he does like you pitch to him he hits it far but uh, the many times he's been walked and for him to
3: one intentional base on balls Hampton's only been uh, intentionally walked five times
2: exactly and that shows uh, that's such a different that's such a different number and it just shows how afraid teams are of him to be hitting the ball just because they think they might lose because of how good and how well he can hit. and He's a great first baseman, too. Oh, no, he's a, he's he's a, fantastic he's a very first good baseman. first
0: baseman. And just for all of our listeners out there, give you a quick stat line for these guys. Right now, Cabrera has 38 home runs, 126 RBIs. The man, like we said, 31 base on balls. He's batting three twenty eight right now. OPS, which is slugging percentage and on-base percentage, 1,043. Absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And okay, real quick, Josh Hamilton, all right? Hamilton has 31 home runs to Miguel's 38, 97 RBIs to the 126 of Miguel. He has, like you said, five intentional walks only on him. He's batting 361, and his OPS is six tenths of a point higher. It's at uh, 1,049. But here's my thing Hamilton has been out for the last two. He hasn't played since September 4th. You're right. He's been out for, you know, we're getting on a month almost that he's been out. If he would have been playing. For these last two and a half weeks, he probably would he would he should he probably would have so. deserved the award and would have got the award. Right. But saying that he hasn't played.
3: Yeah, he hasn't played, and it's you know it's a crucial time. He hasn't play. played,
0: and if you're not playing right now, I mean Miguel has a great chance to get to 40 home yeah. runs yeah. and 130 RBIs, and if you can look past that and everything else that he has done with the intentional walks, with playing for a team like Megan said, who is not in contention, yeah. he has to do it. By himself, with this team at times, he doesn't get the help of a lot of these other guys like Vlad Guerrero and Elvis Andrews. He doesn't have these kinds of hitters backing him up, okay? He's had a Brennan Bosch behind him who hasn't done anything this second half. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just for pure performance, it's Miguel Cabrera. And I'm not saying that as a towner, as a Detroit towner. That's just who I I would, I don't care where I'm from, it's Miguel. It's absolutely
3: amazing. They both had great seasons. If you look at these top stats, such as uh, average, home runs, RBIs, on-base percentage, slugging, OPS, they're all uh, top five in those categories, both those guys, except for RBIs, where uh, Hamilton is 12th. Yes. And another interesting thing about Miguel Cabrera, he's not only leading the league in RBIs, he's also leading the league in runs scored with 111. Hamilton's not on that list. No. That's just amazing. To be knocking more runs in and scoring more runs than anybody else in the league. Yeah, he's it, it, just accounting for so much offense for Detroit. He's so way more important. He's it's the most valuable player Nobody's in the more league. Valuable okay, yeah, to their team than Miguel and Guerrero that's what and it is. And we get back Tigers. to
0: the point. I get it. The Tigers aren't in. They're not making the playoffs. The Rangers yeah. are, but what. Has Cabrera done in yeah. relation to the Tigers? Absolutely. What has Hamilton done in relation to the Rangers? Yeah. And if you look at it like that, mm-hmm. it's Cabrera who wins this award. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He absolutely. better get it. I mean, you can't, I mean, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine, and I think this is true. Think about it. If he gets to 40, that number is just more aesthetically pleasing to voters. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. He gets to forty-one thirty, nice or let's number. say he stays at around, like, you know, this 38, 39, yeah. 129. I tell you, it sounds stupid, yeah. but, you know, voters, you know, the psyche of a human being is a little weird, and yeah. you know when you see that four, yeah. rather than the three nine, it kind of you yeah. know you never know.
3: It's that next plateau up, basically. exactly.
0: It's just the next step, and you know hopefully. I mean, look, we have seven games here left. Yep. We have a three game series starting here on the road with the Indians tonight. Galarraga is going to be on the mound, and then after that we travel to Baltimore for the final four games of the year. So seven games left. This team is uh, eight. What is eighty five and seventy? Uh, no, no, eighty and seventy five.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great. So they're eighty and seventy-five. I mean, this team they could get to eighty-five wins. That's so.
3: that's why I'm saying if they were the fifth-place team, you know, in the division, if mm-hmm. they were the Royals' record, yes. I could understand that argument that you know Hamilton's on a con- contending team and the you know Tigers are bottom of the barrel, but they're not. You know, they're no. a decent team. They got a winning record. Exactly. I think that so that argument doesn't really hold as much water for me.
2: I do. I do have to throw in there though that the Tigers did sweep the Twins, and that was very impressive. Yes. And I know it doesn't have much to do with what we're doing right now but i am proud of that and that definitely brought us up to the 80 to 75 you know no,
0: i'm very proud of this team and because like i said last week i just want this team to finish over 500 it's yeah. huge for the psyche of the team it's huge for you know the fans of the team even yeah and you know they played they played phenomenal baseball this weekend i mean really? bonderman even though he stunk it up on uh, saturday oh, yeah. two five run innings our bats that resiliency there, eighteen hits. Yeah. They were, I mean, they fought back and they won that game. They did, and you know, Verlander on Friday pitching the complete game, giving up one earned run, eleven K's. Yeah, he's fantastic.
3: They, they looked great, you know, in all three games.
0: Yeah, Porcello looked. He looked. He looked like a stud out there himself. You know, looks like Bonnerman's going to be shipped out of town, hopefully, and good. All right. We have a, we have a good 4. Let's get one more guy in there. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I've never been more mad at a pitcher at a baseball game as I was on Saturday.
0: Yeah, Bonderman, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, buddy. Just it's enough time in Detroit for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. But we are going to get to our interesting facts. And I'm changing it up this week because usually sports facts obviously, right? Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about it. All facts are interesting. This, right? Just anything, it, you know. I was looking at these. They make me laugh. They make me cry. And let's talk about them, all right. And I'll let you guys know. It's interesting facts about crimes. Just ridiculous crimes throughout the history of people committing crimes. Hey,
3: hey, hey, crimes tie into sports a little bit too often these days. <laughs>
0: great points. All right, here we go. Number one, a man went in to rob a bank. He demanded the clerk to give him all the money. They told him to go sit in his car and they would they would bring him the money in bags. He agreed and went out to his car. In the meantime, the people in the bank called the police. <laughs> when they got there, the man was still sitting in his car, waiting for the money, and they arrested him.
3: Wow. <laughs> hey, that's, that's just dumb. That's, that's fantastic. just a dumb criminal.
0: A lot of dummies. think you know? You think you know some dumb people? Just listen to these guys right here. All right? A, re- a reward of $1,000 was offered for information leading to the capture and conviction of a man robbing taxi drivers. The man turned himself in and demanded the reward as a result. He received a 20-year sentence for aggravated robbery instead.
3: Well, hey man, I mean, you should still give it to him. Let him put it in the bank, you know, maybe he can His old- lawyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something
0: like that. All right, here's the next one. A San Diego man sued the city for emotional trauma during a concert when he saw women using the men's restroom.
2: Oh, my oh, gosh. Emotional mean. trauma. That's almost as bad as at McDonald's. The coffee spilled on my lap, and it was really hot.
0: I think this is worse. Yeah, th-
2: it's okay. Yeah, it's worse, but, I mean, that was pretty that, bad, No, that's too. bad, too, definitely.
0: <laughs> All right, here's another one. A teenager in Belmont, New Hampshire robbed the local convenience store. Getting away with a pocket full of change, the boy walked home. He did not realize, however, that he had holes in both of his pockets. A trail of quarters and dimes led police directly to his house. It's like Hansel and Gretel out here.
3: Just bad luck. That's absolutely amazing.
0: How do you not hear change dropping on the ground hitting pavement?
3: enough for it to be a trail to your house.
0: Come on. All right. A Texan convicted of robbery worked out a deal to pay $9,600 in damages rather than serve a two-year prison sentence. For payment, he gave the court a forged check. He got his prison term back plus eight more years.
2: I was gonna. That's just dumb. <laughs> Why would you do, you no. just can't do that? I mean. Oh, I just got myself out of this. Oh, I'm gonna give you a check that doesn't work.
0: I think
3: they might be looking for that after. FG I'm gonna bounce this check, guys.
2: <laughs>
0: that's great. All right. A young criminal walked into a bank and quietly handed the teller a note demanding several thousand dollars. Disguised, the man could have easily gotten away. However, he had idiotically written the note on a piece of his own stationery, which included his full name and address.
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you can't even say anything to that. I, to why are you robbing
3: banks if you got your own stationery? I mean, you should be doing pretty well for yourself.
0: Why do you need your own stationery?
3: I don't. I don't understand I used
2: that. to have it, but I was pretty young. Okay, yeah, when you're young, maybe,
0: yeah, okay, <laughs> it's, it's like kind of cool thing. You I know, got my name on here. Okay, uh, let's see. Airport security personnel find about six weapons a day searching passengers. That's a little scary.
2: That is scary. It is, I'm mean, glad they find them though, but you Because I mean, that's any kind of weapon. Through though, that's the question.
0: You never know. Exactly. I mean, they're finding somebody sneaking these through. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. An unidentified man using a shotgun like a club to break his former girlfriend's windshield accidentally shot himself to death when the gun discharged, blowing a rather large hole in his stomach.
3: Oh, Why that's wouldn't... great. Yeah. Man, so he's the busting gun, the
0: man. windshield with the butt of the gun. What an idiot! What an absolute <laughs> moron! moron. Uh, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't feel sorry for this guy at all. <laughs> I read on so. Yeah. All right. Here's a good one. Archduke Karl Ludwig, brother of the Austrian Emperor, was a man of such piety that on a trip to the Holy Land, he insisted on drinking from the River Jordan despite warnings that it would make him fatally ill. He died within a few weeks.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I mean. You know, sometimes people take that sort of stuff too far the Holy Land.
0: Definitely. All right, here's a final one. We have 30 seconds left. Dennis Newton was on trial for the armed robbery of a convenience store in district court when he fired his lawyer. Assistant D- District Attorney Larry Jones said Newton, 47 years old, was doing a fair job of defending himself until the store manager testified that Newton was the robber. Newton jumped up, accused the woman of lying, and then said, quote, I should have blown your head off, end quote. The defendant paused. <laughs> Then quickly added, If I'd been the one that was there, end quote. (laughs) The jury took 20 minutes to convict Noon and recommended a 30 year sentence. So, if all of you think you're a little dumb out there, trust me, you're not as dumb as these people. So, uh, this is the end of the Spartan Sports Wrap. Definitely tune in next week for more sp- talk about the Spartans and their big game against Wisconsin this Saturday. Hopefully it's a win. Hopefully it's a win. We'll <laughs> definitely get to some uh, Detroit Lions, of course. And the Pistons uh, training camp is just about to kick off tomorrow, and Red Wings preseason is getting going. So a lot to talk about as always. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Rinkiu.
2: And I'm Megan. And I'm Johnny.
0: You guys have a great night. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on
1: Impact Exposure. Tune
2: in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis.
1: Here and only here on Impact 89FM.